Hi again, this is World Pastor Tony Alamo. This is program number 536. 536. If you'd like to have a copy of it, Sharon will tell you how at the end of the program. Please specify whether you want a CD or an audio tape. We have both, and uh, they're free, including the postage and handling. I've got a lot of Bible reading for uh, you today. You know, the Lord told me that... Um, when I told him that the people in the church, my own church, are not teaching the baby Christians. And they don't ask questions. And so therefore he told me to teach the Bible to the people in the church. And before that happened, uh, we were uh, in pretty bad shape as far as uh, financing is concerned. We needed a new church building. We needed... Um, a gymnasium we needed repairs on all the different properties that the lord had given us and we needed new furnishings new everything and the minute i said you because you, you have me doing a message a month on um, a message that is uh, a typed message a message on paper that could be distributed throughout the world he says, well, you teach him. And I said, the only way that I can do that, Lord, is to go on the air and uh, teach the people in the world. Because what good is it if there's all kinds of souls coming into the church and nobody is in order and nobody cares anything about the most important thing, and that is to teach the little sheep. And that's what you call us, Lord, but before we're we become rams, uh, that we did, uh, won't teach the little sheep uh, the word of God because there's no possible way that they can grow if they don't uh, hear these tapes or hear uh, what the Lord wanted me to teach people. And it's just a real blessing that the Lord entrusts me with teaching the word of God because nobody thinks that that's a big deal, uh, usually in the church. And then the ones that want to teach are not qualified to teach because they don't study enough and they don't pray enough. They don't seek you, Father, uh, as um, they have to if they want to be a teacher or a preacher or whatever it is that you tell them to do. But one thing for sure, we're supposed to be instant in season and out of season. And there's none of them that just feel the importance of it. They just want to live their own life and reap the benefits that the uh, the finances that you send in, the food, the clothing, and all those different things. They want that, but they don't want to keep the commandments. They don't want to be part of the ministry. Uh, they don't want to walk in the Spirit. <clears throat> and so he told me, you teach them. So I says, okay, that's it. And that's why I'm reading these scriptures from the Bible now. A lot of messages I get right from the Lord, straight by the Spirit. And I get them right from the Lord also from the Bible. And if you want to grow in the Lord, well, then you'll listen and you'll do what you're being taught. But there's so very few people that do that. When they do, if they do what uh, the Bible says, then there's an entire, a whole nation could be changed in a day where they um, 
they become a mighty nation because of your power, the way that you anoint them. That's I've got music tonight also, and I've got some letters. And uh, whatever the Lord brings forth is just what I want. Now, Father, so um, before we get into the message, let's go. Let's ask the Father now to anoint it into and apply it into your souls. Because the Lord, the second aspect of God is that he's a God of application. Uh, he wants his word applied into our spirit so that we are able to grow as a Christian. God, of course, his first aspect is that he's a spirit. And the second aspect, there's three aspects, four aspects. The second aspect is that he's a God, he's the word, and the second aspect is that he wants to apply his word into people's spirits and then later into their spirit and soul and their mind. So it's like one application after another application, so to speak. And so, Father, we ask that you apply your word through my mouth, let your mouth talk. Hallelujah. Because I know when you're speaking, Lord, that it is the most beautiful thing in the face of this earth that you actually are a talker. You talk through people and you walk in people and you work in and through people. People who have surrendered their entire life over to you and even through rough times, they don't give up. They never give up. Lord, um, so divulge, apply whatever it is that you like this evening. And, uh, and uh, because you're the first aspect of you is a God of spirit, the Holy Spirit, well then I ask that your Holy Spirit is poured out upon all flesh that's hearing this program, that you open their hearts, their minds, and their spirits to receive it, that their souls will be saved, and that the church is strengthened. And I pray, Lord, that you destroy all the works of Satan. And if he, Satan doesn't want to straighten out in people, they don't want to be saved, they don't want to receive the Holy Spirit will then, Lord, cause a destruction on the earth even more than you had before. It's not going to get any better. I know that because of your word. It's not going to get better. It's getting worse. And it's going to be worse and worse and worse. So let people uh, receive that, Lord. Rebuke Satan in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says, Amen. Amen. All right, now I'll be singing a song for you here. <clears throat> and, uh, well, it's not me. It's our Alamo Christian Churches, which uh, is uh, a choir and orchestra, and they're going to be singing for you. Woe, W-O-E, Woe, Sinner Man. Where are you going to run to? Because the People are going to be praying for the rocks and mountains to fall on them very soon when they see Christ coming back 
in the eastern sky. The whole world will see him, not on TV, they'll see him. Blind eyes will open and every eye will behold him. Every knee will bow and say, Thou art the Lord. But it'll be too late for many. So here we are with the Alamo Christian Foundation Choir and Orchestra singing, Whoa, whoa, sinner man. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Um, yeah, where are you going to run to? Um, you know, the Lord stated that he was going to destroy all flesh. Uh, and why? Uh, it was, uh, he had a good reason. Uh, it was because people weren't paying any attention to his law. 
uh, they've turned it around today uh, to make it look as though the, uh, I mean, these evil sinner men and women have turned it around, is that the law is done away with because the law is evil. No, the law is so pure and clean that it condemns everybody that doesn't keep it because um, they... Uh, it's, uh, the law is clean and pure. So when they don't keep the law, the Bible says that they will, uh, he'll destroy them. And, uh, but then uh, the Bible plainly tells us that because of the fact that we can't keep the law, that he has now uh, sent the Savior into the world that he was talking about throughout the entire Old Testament. He gave at least 333 prophecies of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world, that would allow people, because they have all broken the law, uh, he would allow them to be saved by faith uh, and by the power of God living in them, provided after God gives us the power to walk by faith, he gives us the power to overcome and or to live according uh, to not break the law. That, in other words, we never break the law anymore because the power of God enters us when we receive the kingdom of heaven like a little child, a little infant. Then we have the power within us to not sin again. And so he gives us a second chance. Now, in the Old Testament, in uh, Genesis chapter 6, he tells us, I will destroy, this is God speaking. He said, I will destroy all flesh. Well, you may say, well, he never destroyed Noah and his family, right? Because they were of the spirit. Now, everyone in this world that is of the spirit uh, will walk according to the law, but no one does, no one has, and everybody thinks that uh, the law is evil. No, it's perfect and it's very clean. But again, no one keeps the law. No one has kept the law except those that have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as their personal Savior by faith and they're resurrected from a dead spirit, a spirit that believes that it's not capable of keeping all the commandments because they can't. They tried. Many people have tried and they failed. But when the Spirit of God when Christ enters them with the Father by the Spirit, then they have the power to be able to keep the uh, law uh, of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. There's much of the law that is done away with, such as animal sacrifices and circumcision. But uh, we still, uh, now the law is uh, a lot more strict because we have to live by faith, and that means that we have to concentrate a lot. We have to meditate a lot on uh, what holiness. Now, holiness is that we don't break any of the Ten Commandments, and then there are many other commandments, like in the Gospels where the Lord said, uh, he used to stone people to death for adultery, but now if you even look at a woman with adultery in your heart, you've committed adultery. You might as well have gone through the whole act because uh, this would definitely be adultery, Jesus said. So that's 
the law is more powerful. But then on the other hand, we're much more able to keep the law because we're not dead in our sins and trespasses anymore. We've been forgiven all of our sin, given a fresh start, uh, and we're now living according to the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. If we're not living according to that law, well, then what it is is we're living according to the law of sin and death. Because everyone, if they don't keep the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, you're living according to the law of sin and death. And eventually, of course, everyone is going to die. Some of us will be changed in the twinkling of an eye. But we're going to, and then we'll be given a new body. And we're given this new life from the kingdom of heaven, by which actually means that the kingdom of heaven is moved into us. And the kingdom of heaven is powerful and mighty. And we have um, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in us, and we've been cleansed, and so there's no reason, uh, you know, why we sh uh, can't keep the commandments of the Lord. Because we're living in by faith. Faith is the same thing. Now, here in the uh, chapter eight, 5 of the book of Galatians, I'm going to be reading from there so you can get that, but Sharon... Read Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 through 7. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. Oh, so God saw that, that the wickedness of men was great in the big time. Great means big on the earth, okay? So God saw that, and he uh, actually uh, created us to keep his commandments, not to sin. That, read that again. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in okay, the earth. Okay, do you think that God likes wickedness, anybody? No. No, he doesn't like wickedness. And he tells us in his word what wickedness is. A wickedness is disobeying his word. Wickedness is not having the spirit in you so that you're able to have the power and the intestinal fortitude to rebuke people that don't want to explain themselves. The Bible, one of the things, the commandments of the Lord is that we have to communicate one to another and uh, communicate to the point where people can understand what you're saying. And that means to communicate the word of God to people, not just your own chitter chatter, which is of no value whatsoever. I can walk, you know, by surprise uh, to any part of uh, the church, and I may find people just laughing and joking and jiving. And they just think it's so cute for them to be that way. And that's happiness, they say. Well, happiness to me is keeping the commandments of the Lord and knowing that my soul is saved and that I'm not on my way to hell. But they have a different version of it, no matter how many messages are, have been uh, given. Now, since the time that the Lord told me to preach the gospel, to the people, because no one else was doing it in the church. This is the 536th message. Before this, I brought many other messages until the Lord told me to do a new tract every month, a new piece of literature every month. So I was writing them, and uh, a lot of souls have been saved from them because I wanted the literature to be in the spirit, which makes it meaningful not just some pitsy patsy thing where it says, you know, that um, 
well, there's no way, that, you know, that we can uh, abstain from sin or wickedness. But wickedness is that you sin, and the Lord tells us that we're not to sin anymore. And even when he comes um, to uh, the time where Jesus came to the world, he preached that I did not come to destroy the law because the law is perfect. I wouldn't destroy perfection. The law condemns us all because the law, we have to keep it or else uh, go to hell. So it's perfect, and yet we're not to keep the part of the law like animal sacrifices any longer because the true sacrifices come, and that does away with all the other sacrifices. And then we don't have to be circumcised outwardly any longer because the Lord wants everyone to be circumcised in their heart. He wants the Holy Spirit to come into you and cut the flesh this stony heart and make it a fleshy heart, not a fleshly heart, but a heart made of flesh. And he wants to uh, write his law in your heart so that your heart and your conscience and your mind and your spirit do not want to disobey that law anymore. If you've truly been circumcised of the heart, you're not going to want to do that any longer. And so, but the Lord let everybody know what the law was, and then a lot of people didn't keep the law. So Genesis chapter 6, verse 5 and 7 say, states that God declared, or as he said, I will destroy all A-L-L flesh. And Noah and his family were not fleshy people. They, were, they believed the law, and they uh, sought God, and God gave them the spirit to where they were considered righteous because they love this, uh, the word of God, the spirit of God. The word of God is spirit, and it is life. So they're not considered flesh. They were in the flesh, but they were not of the flesh. Okay, so read it all over again, Sharon. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth. The sinfulness of man was great big time in the earth, then what? And that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Okay, so when the Lord sees this in people, that your imagination just runs wild with you. Boy, tonight we're going to go have, we're going to party. Uh, we're going to uh, go to nightclubs. We're going to uh, party over at so-and-so's house. And how many chicks will be there? We're going to say, how many guys will be there? So these uh, evil, wicked females are saying. And so they think of every kind of enticing type of uh, clothing to wear so that they can entice somebody to have sexual, unlawful sexual relationships with them. So their every thought is thinking about this or that and all the things that you can see that the media is promoting. Uh, Every one of, like I've had movie producers come to me and say, Tony, as a matter of fact, one of them was Karen Black's uh, husband. Very handsome man. He could be a movie star himself. And uh, he says, "Uh, let's do this movie. So he gave me the script, and 
I went through it, and there's this nude scene down by a, a lake. I said, well, we don't, uh, I don't believe in promoting wickedness or turning people on to evil any longer because um, then they, they, I'd lose my soul. And he says, well, what do you think that we're going to be able to do? Uh, they won't buy movies anymore that are just cookies and milk. Uh, is that what you want me to do, Tony, is have a movie about people having a cookies and milk party? I said, no, there's some good stories around. and uh, the, but, but I can see that we could never do business anyway, man. And so I just forget about it. And everyone has to have some kind of nudity or some kind of sex in the motion pictures because uh, the... Um, Everything in the world now is like God wants to destroy it again because everything is fleshy and it's uh, wickedness big time. Since when does, does a man, because when you look upon a woman with lust in your eyes, this means that you have committed adultery. And if that's what you want to do, well, then that's what you're devising your heart to do on a daily basis and you're going to wind up in hell. Because why? Because God said so. Jesus, the only one in the face of this earth at that time that had never committed sin. And no one since has uh, ever done anything other than commit sin or been wicked because we have to be born again of the Spirit in order to give us the strength to not be wicked any longer. If you refuse to do that, well, then know what your fate is. God's going to burn up the whole world. So go back and read the whole thing and then read some more. And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Yeah, just to do evil, not just, you know, once in a while, but continually. If you're not doing the evil, you're scheming to do it. Uh, you see somebody and then you can make up a scheme or you start setting up an arrangement to meet the person Etc. Okay, and keep going. Verse 6, And it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth, and it grieved him at his heart. Verse 7, And the Lord said, I will, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth. I will both. destroy all flesh. Okay, read it again. I will destroy what? I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing, and the fowls of the air. So that not only means man's flesh, but uh, beasts, every kind of animal, every kind of bird, every all flesh. Chickens, the flesh of chickens, cows, creeping things. Well, read that again. And the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast and the creeping thing and the fowls of the air. For it repenteth me that I have made them. Right. And so then the Lord tells us in the New Testament that he's going to burn everything up because man has not changed at all. There's just a few people uh, that uh, have decided not to live after the flesh or after the law of sin and death. Uh, there's just a few people that uh, will not live by any other law than the law of sin and death. But the Lord tells us that we have to live according to the spirit of life. 
in Christ Jesus. And this is what really uh, makes people say, well, I'm not going to do it. Well, you're not going to heaven either, are you? And they say, well, I don't care. You would care if you were boiling and frying down there right now because people are be chewing on their tongues, grinding their teeth, gnashing them, grinding them. And also they're screaming their heads off right now, wishing that they could make, uh, the, make the decision that they know they should have made long ago. But they like to go to hell. Okay, so the Lord will accommodate you because yeah, he created us to do good and not evil. And you want to do evil? Okay, you're going to pay the price. Okay, all flesh, all flesh. Chapter 5, the book of Galatians. Now, the Apostle Paul cautions everybody, stand fast. In other words, stand up, be upright. Uh, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Well, is the uh, law the yoke of bondage? No, the law is good. It's clean, the Bible says. But um, but right back again, he says, stand fast. Uh, don't think that the law is uh, evil, but think of it as pure. And this is something that we must keep. And this is something that we cannot keep unless we have the Holy Spirit living in us. Now, God is not a ghost. People call the Holy Ghost because... Somehow Shakespeare got a hold of the Bible and thought that it would be more fashionable for him to say Holy Ghost. And you hear all these preachers that haven't studied the Bible enough to know that God is not a ghost. It states plainly that God is the Spirit. There's a difference between the Spirit and the ghost. Please believe me. Believe the Bible. So stand fast, therefore, in the liberty. Uh, where and what it has caused our liberty, but nothing but the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, that He's giving us the spirit of power within us, so that we can keep the moral law. There's lots of laws: the moral law, the law of sacrifices, the law of circumcision, the law of good eating the proper food so you can have good health. There's all kinds of laws. There's the law of uh, cows. Uh, cows have to do what they're told, what they have been made for. They uh, eat grass and they give you milk and beef. The bulls gender. The bulls don't give forth uh, milk. There's a difference between a cow and a bull. A lot of difference. So, so the Lord has... Uh, Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ hath made us free, because we were in bondage. It's for sure we all broke the law of God. So therefore, by faith, we were in sinking quicksand, and the Lord pulled us out of there by faith. By faith, we're resurrected from the dead, resurrected out of going from to hell. 
And he says, uh, Paul says, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Don't fall away from the Lord and be bound by Satan again to where all you can do is live according to the law of sin and death. Because if you're in bondage, you're in bondage to the devil. The Lord sets you free from Satan so that you don't have to go to hell anymore. Or you don't have to be destroyed by fire first and then sent into the fire. Your spirit. Behold, I, Paul, say unto you. Now, you know, the spirit is far more sensitive to pain than the flesh is. The flesh is kind of dull and it's dumb, it's stupid. It's uh, something we, with our brain, we maneuver around and get our spirit to where uh, the Lord w uh, wants our spirit to go or you're uh, yielded unto Satan and your flesh goes where Satan wants you to go. So Paul says, Behold, I, Paul, say unto you, that if you be circumcised, in other words, uh, outwardly, like the Jews, Christ shall profit you or benefit you nothing at all. Because it's not the flesh can't do anything good. Even being circumcised outwardly cannot do a man any good. That won't make you holy anymore. Because God wants to circumcise your heart. So he makes an opening there, an incision there. By the fear of the Lord, this incision opens up and his spirit is able to enter into you and give you the power to not be a, a person that is uh, a sinner. A person that is fleshy. Okay. So uh, that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit or benefit you nothing at all. You're still a sinner. You're still of the flesh. Uh, verse 3. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to do the whole law. And of course... So what good would the circumcision outwardly do on, the, on your flesh do if uh, it's not going to do you any good? That you're a debtor to, you still have to do the whole law. And it's for sure if the Holy Spirit is not in you, you're not going to be able to do that. It's the Spirit that gives forth life. Amen. Amen. There's nothing that the flesh can do. So uh, the Bible says, cease ye from the things that man does, because <clears throat> yeah, who's got only one breath in his nose, that's all you've got in your nose is one breath. And you may say, no, see, I can breathe three times, four times, five times, but it's still just a fraction of, of one breath. You've only got one breath in you. And God can kick that out of you or yank it out of you whenever he wants to, whenever you get to thinking you're too smart. So you'd be a debtor to do the whole law. And, of course, you know that you can't do that if you're lost, if you're not saved. 
Verse 4, Christ is become of no effect. In other words, Christ can't do you any good unless he's living in you. Uh, unless you let him circumcise your heart and you let him come into you. Christ become, can become of no effect, none whatsoever unto you, whosoever of you are justified by the law, because no one is justified by the law except those that are walking in the Spirit. And you're not justified if you begin breaking the law again, because then you're worse off than you ever have been in your past, because now there remains no more repentance for you. So you're not justified by the law. You are fallen from grace. That means you've lost your soul. And when you lose your soul, there's no more forgiveness. That's what it says in the Bible. Verse 5, for we, through the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, wait for the hope of righteousness. Uh, by only one means, and that's by faith, in that the whole word of God is true. You have to have faith. Say, faith, I have faith. Oh, all right. If you have faith, then that means you believe the whole word of God. Because believe on uh, Jesus is the whole word of God. And when the Bible says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved, that means... Believe on every word of God, and thou shalt be saved. And God knows that you believe if you keep uh, the word of God by faith. Because you're not going to do it any other way. Verse 6. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, because now you've given your life over to Christ, and Christ owns you now. And uh, there's nothing that you can do of yourself that's going to please God, because uh, there, uh, or, uh, in Jesus Christ, uh, the Word of God, neither circumcision uh, of the outward flesh availeth anything, nor uncircumcision. But faith, which worketh by love. And the Bible says, that, you know, you see all these people hugging and kissing each other in these false churches. But that isn't what love is. Love is the keeping of God's commandments. So faith works by you keeping God's commandments. He knows that you have faith. Uh, faith, which worketh by keeping God's commandments. Verse 7, you did run well. At one time, you Galatians used to run well. You had faith at one time. You were saved. But who did um, hinder you that ye should not obey the truth? In other words, we walk by faith, not by sight. Verse 8, this persuasion cometh not of him that called you, that calleth you, uh, walking uh, 
uh, in a, any other way than faith. In other words, he's saying here that Satan has persuaded you to think that. This persuasion cometh not of him that calleth you. So, if you think that you can do anything other than Christ doing it in you and through you, uh, a little leaven, a little poison, a little false doctrine will poison, leaveneth the whole lump. That means will destroy your entire soul. Verse 10, I have confidence in you through the Lord that ye will be none otherwise minded. But he that troubleth you shall bear his judgment, whosoever he be. Uh, anyone that tells you you have to be circumcised, you have to start to bring in animal sacrifices to be sacrificed instead of you believing that Christ was the last and final uh, sacrifice for your sins, that your soul can be saved if you believe. And I, verse 11, and I, brethren, if I yet preach circumcision, um, in other words, that you have to keep the law, why do I yet suffer persecution? Because the Jews were saying, you must be circumcised. You must keep the, the uh, animal sacrifices. You have to do... Uh, the things that the Bible says now that you don't because the true sacrifice, Jesus, has come. And you just believe in him by faith and now you will keep the law because he's in you. Then is the offense of the cross ceased. Now the cross is extremely um, offensive to people because Nobody wants to carry a cross or be crucified to a cross, but the Lord said that he was, and therefore, if we want to follow him, we have to be nailed to a cross, our old life, sin, Satan, the world, the flesh, has to all be nailed to the cross. But the cross is too offensive to the people of the world. They say, we only live once, and by God, we're going to keep the, we're going to do whatever we can. We're going to live it up till we die. We're going to laugh until we cry. Verse 12, I would they were even cut off, in other words, killed, which trouble you, which tell you that you still have to be circumcised outwardly and keep the, not the moral law. If they tell you that, that's fine. But And if they tell you only that you can keep the moral law, only if you... Have Christ in you with his Father by the Spirit. Verse 13, for brethren, ye have been called unto liberty. Another liberty to serve the Lord. Liberty from sin, Satan, the world, death, hell, and the grave. You're set free from all that. Only use not liberty for an occasion to the flesh but by keeping God's commandments or love 
serve one another. In other words, uh, you're not supposed to use it as an occasion to refresh just because you've been set free. So love one another. Verse 14, for all the law, which is good. Remember, the law is very good, but it can't save your soul because you can't keep the law unless the Spirit of God is in you. So for all the law is fulfilled in one word, even in this. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. <clears throat> Verse 15. But if ye bite and devour one another. Now, uh, we, uh, we as pastors have to rebuke and reprove and move people around. We have to, if people are not doing their job, we have to put them uh, somewhere else. Or if they get defined about that, well, then we have to put them out. So, uh, but if you, verse 15, but if you bite and devour one another, take heed, watch out, that you be not consumed one of another. In other words, that you don't send both of your souls to hell. Because the law is to love one another as yourself. Prefer others before yourself. Verse 16, this I say, then, walk in the Holy Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh, or the, the law of sin and death. If you walk in the Holy Spirit, you will not. Verse 17, for the flesh lusteth against the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that ye cannot do the things that ye uh, would. I mean, your flesh would do it, but of course, you being nailed to the cross and having the law now written on your heart and in your minds, no better than that. And so we have to exercise some self-control by seeking the Holy Spirit so that we can be controlled by the Holy Spirit. Verse 18, but if you be led of the Holy Spirit, ye are not under the law. Well, what that means is you're not under the condemnation of the law because the law is so pure that if you are, uh, you have to be led by the Holy Spirit in order to be avoiding the condemnation of the law. Verse 19, now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these, okay? One is adultery. That's law of sin and death. Fornication. Uncleanness. Lasciviousness. That's where your mind is always on sex. Uh, verse 20, idolatry. In other words, putting somebody or anything before God. Witchcraft, hatred. Well, we're supposed to hate Satan. We're supposed to hate to sin or the very uh, clothing that you wore when you sinned. You're not even to keep it. Variance, anything that's different than the law or the, word, the spirit of God. 
emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, and even jealousies or diversions away from the law of God, from the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Envyings, if you envy somebody, murderers, drunkenness, reveling, no drunkard shall enter the kingdom of heaven. Revelings, therefore, it's not a sickness, it's a demon possession. And such like of the, uh, the which, I tell you, before, as I have also told you in time past, that they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Holy Spirit is love, that means the keeping of God's commandments, joy, because you know you have power over sin, Satan, the world, all the lusts of the world, peace, long you have peace because you know your soul is saved, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, faith, meekness, temperance, Uh, against such sin there is no law. There's no law, in other words, that can condemn you. And verse 24, and they that are Christ's have crucified the flesh with the affections and lusts. In other words, you have the power of the Holy Spirit. If we live in the Spirit, let us, let me change pages here, let us also walk in the Holy Spirit. Verse 26, let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another, uh, in uh, envying one another. Well, that's the end of chapter 5. Now, I will be doing, Lord willing, chapter 6. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are, it doesn't say sin, but a fault, that are spiritual, restore such in one in the spirit of meekness. That means your spirit is meek. In other words, you do what the Holy Spirit wants you to do. Uh, Consider yourself, lest thou also be tempted. And you'll want somebody to lift you up if you get out of order. Because there's sins unto death, and then there's sins that are not unto death. And, um, like for instance, uh, sins that we didn't know of. But sins that we know to do, there's sins, you know, that we're totally unconscious. We did it 
in ignorance. Those are sins of ignorance. So bear ye one another burden, help one another, and so fulfill the law of Christ, which is the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. For if a man think himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth him himself. But, verse 4, but let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone, and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. In other words, everyone is going to stand before the, uh, the throne of the Lord or the mercy seat of Christ, and whatever you did in your body, you're going to be judged for. I see my time is up right now. <clears throat> and so this is the time of the program that I always offer the uh, to have uh, for people to receive salvation. I'm just marking my place here, so tomorrow I'll know exactly where to go. Okay, so those of you that don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, remember the Bible says that you're going to bear your own burden at the uh, judgment bar of God or the mercy seat of Christ. And so whatever it is that uh, you carry, your spirit carries up to the throne of God, you're going to be judged by it. And you want to make sure that uh, the Lord sees you striving for perfection. And there is perfection in the Lord. And that perfection is if you're walking in the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. That's in chapter 8 of the book of, you know where? Romans. Oh, Romans, that's right. All right, so right now... We should live our life according to that we might not live another day. And so, you might not. Because no one has a guarantee of life, but everyone has a guarantee that you're going to die. So say this prayer so that you will show the Lord that you're striving for perfection. Say to him, my Lord and my God, have mercy upon my soul, a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of the living God, and I believe that he died on the cross and shed his precious blood for the forgiveness of all my former filthy sins. And I believe that God raised Jesus from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. I believe that you did that, Father. Therefore, I, um, I ask, open up the door of my heart, and I ask you to come into my heart, Lord Jesus, with the Father by the Spirit. Lord, wash all my filthy sins away, my former filthy sins away, in the precious blood you shed for me. You will not turn me away, Lord Jesus. You will save my soul, I know, because your word says so. Your word says that you'll turn no one away, and that includes me. Therefore, I know that you have heard me, and I know that you have answered me, and I know that I'm saved. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, for saving my soul. Now, uh, praise and thank the Lord, and read the King James Version of the Bible. And Sharon, tell them how to receive a copy of this uh, program, number 536. Go to com or write to Tony Alamo Christian Ministries, P.O. Box 6467, Texarkana, Texas, 75505, 
or call area code 479-782-7370. That's 479-782-7370 or fax to area code 479-782-7406. Praise the Lord. This is World Pastor Tony Lama saying tune in tomorrow to hear the completion of this uh, chapter, this book. Uh, until then, uh, I'll be singing here for you one of the most famous um, altar calls. There's room at the cross for you. The cross upon which Jesus died is a shelter.